0: health information from experts supported by research from University of Utah Health this is the scoperadio.com if you or someone you know is experiencing persistent joint pain in the hip or maybe a catching sensation or just a general instability it may be the result of a labral tear this is a very common hip injury but it can significantly impact a person's ability to move and live their lives And if left untreated, it has the potential of leading to more complications such as arthritis later in life. To help us better understand what a labral teller is and what we can do to treat them, we're joined by orthopedic surgeon Dr. Stephen K. Aoki, who is a professor and the chief of sports medicine at University of Utah Health. Now, Dr. Aoki, what exactly is the labrum in the hip? What is it doing, and you know what happens when it gets tore?
1: Torn. Sure down? that that's a that's a great start. Um, if we look at the labrum, the labrum. Think of the labrum almost like a gasket, where you have this little soft tissue ring around the hip joint, and so okay. the hip is made out of a ball and a socket, and those two bones move together uh, to allow your hip to move in different directions and be functional. The labrum is a ring of tissue that surrounds the cup or the socket of the joint. And it's a soft tissue stabilizing uh, structure that adds support uh, and it helps to unload the joint and it helps with stability of the joint.
0: So what can cause, say, a tear to this type of uh, this this gasket of the hip like you were explaining sure. to me?
1: So the the labral tear uh, usually is... Uh, is, is Loaded in a way, so like anything, right? If you have if you have a, a structure, and yeah. if you put enough force through it, uh, if you if you hit your car at, at some point, if there's enough energy, it's going to break or dent your car. Sure. Same sort of deal with a uh, with a labral tear. If there's enough energy that gets thrown through that tissue, it can get injured. Okay, and it can oh, okay. tear, or 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 at least get loaded in a way that can cause some damage. Uh, that can be uh, an effect of activity. So if you're doing really aggressive cutting, twisting, pivoting, jumping type activities where you're putting oh, a lot of sure. force through the hip joint, uh, but it can also affect, uh, be affected, and particularly uh, this is very common and and probably the most uh, common issue related to labral tears is that there's some sort of underlying bony uh, problem of the hip or, oh. or bony uh, variation to the hip that makes the hips so that the ball and socket don't fit together perfectly. So uh, I think of this a little bit like if, if you have a, the ball and socket concept, right? If a ball fits really uh, well and is machined in a way that it fits perfectly into that cup, then it moves really nicely. If that ball is more an, of an egg shape, then oh. as a hip moves if you're trying to roll an egg in a round socket, it doesn't fit. And and so when you have something that doesn't fit, then it loads the edge on the edge of that tissue is the labrum. Okay. And so oftentimes in the young, healthy uh, individual who gets a labral tear, there's an underlying shape problem to the hip that leads to, or that makes you more uh, susceptible to having a labral tear.
0: So I'm hearing that if you're moving a whole a whole lot, if you're causing a lot of force on that particular joint, that can cause it. But also, just shape. You know, if your 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 body is a little different, it might cause some issues. Does that mean that there's particular types of people that are more likely to get a labral tear, or is this something that affects a whole lot of people across different ages?
1: I uh, it it affects a lot of people at different ages, but. Uh, typically, the individuals that we see that come in that are younger that have this issue, they're typically individuals that are uh, more aggressive with their activities and that they have some sort of underlying shape problem that that loads the hip joint in a way that's maybe not ideal.
0: So I'm, as, I'm assuming we got athletes. We have, uh, is there any other types of people that, you know, you see this a lot in?
1: Uh, mainly athletes, uh, okay. but I think anyone actually, I mean, I th- the the challenge with, with labral tears and uh and the the shape problem which actually the the term for it is called acetabular impingement or fai uh for short okay. uh it's it's typically uh a shape issue where uh the ball isn't round uh it's just a, a way that it formed as you're going through those growing years uh typically we see it more uh, frequently in athletes because there's a growth plate around the hip that gets stimulated that causes a little bit of extra bone to form oh, and no. okay. and that shape issue uh, ends up pinching in the hip joint and it pinches directly on that labrum.
0: So if someone experiences a labral tear how do they know? Like what are some of the like these symptoms that they're feeling? What is like how do they go from you know what do they first notice that even sends them to the doctor?
1: Sure most of the time when when you have a, a hip injury or a labral tear uh, the, the first symptom is usually groin pain and it's right in that oh, really? crease between your your pelvis and your thigh. So right in, right where you sit, where you form that crease in the in the joint or in the leg, uh, that's right where you where people tend to feel the discomfort. And so okay. it's an aching pain in the front of the hip. Uh, it can radiate to the back, so you might get this radiating pain that goes uh, back into the uh, buttock region. But uh, most of the time, it's in the front.
0: Okay. And I also had heard about a catching sensation. Is that? pretty typical or is that kind of rare with something like this? It can
1: happen where where it's more mechanical. Uh, Most of the time, individuals will have more discomfort with deep squatting uh, or more aggressive, twisting, pivoting type activities. Uh, You can have pain with prolonged sitting is another uh, common complaint. interesting.
0: Okay. So they go to their doctor, they're like, hey, my hips bothering me, et cetera. What is it that finally gets them the diagnosis of labral tear and then get sent to a surgeon like you?
1: Sure, yeah, so if, uh, first, I mean anytime you have this type of discomfort when it first starts off, uh, most of the time it's kind of a well, reasonably tolerable discomfort okay. uh, that sets in and it, it if it is the femoral tabular impingement problem with the underlying labral tear, usually what happens is that the you know, the period of rest, a period of activity modification, trying to do things from a non-surgical standpoint, Initially, I uh, usually it feels better when you take a break from activity. Oh, okay. Uh, and, I, uh, however, the the return to activity, if the pain continues to return when you go back to the things in life that you like to do, that's when I would start looking at trying to get in to see someone to to get an evaluation. Uh, typically, mm-hmm. it's you know coming in. Uh, like most medical problems, uh, hearing a patient's story gives you uh, a lot of information and kind of keys you into a diagnosis. Uh, And then that on top of an exam and usually getting underlying uh, or getting some uh, uh, Mm x-rays to look at the shape of the hip, as well as potentially moving towards getting an MRI to look for that labral tear.
0: So they got their a- MRI, they have been diagnosed with a labral tear, they come into your office, what do patients, what are patients coming in expecting, right? Because it seems like when I hear as a layperson, when I hear, oh, no, there's a part of me that has been torn, I am immediately thinking, hey, I need to go get this stitched up. Like I need to, well, that's might be a little too crass, but just like, hey, I need to get this fixed. Like, is that the right approach to take, or like, what do you kind of, what do you tell patients when they come in and they know they have a labral tear?
1: So, absolutely, that and that's probably one of the most challenging issues that we deal with in a hip clinic, where we're dealing with uh, MRIs that are read as a labral tear, and uh, it's it's interesting um, because uh, the. The read of a labral tear on an MRI maybe doesn't. It's not the same as what we see with a lot of different orthopedic problems where something gets torn and it is broken, right? Oh, Oftentimes, sure. what we see with a with a uh, hip labral tear is that when when radiologists and when we're looking at MRIs, we're looking at uh, these changes to the tissue or or there's a signal. It it's oh, okay. looking at a color on the uh, MRI. And it gives us an idea of an injury. So I almost like the term labral injury better than labral tear because oh, tear, sure. tear puts it into the uh, tear uh, just to the layperson makes it makes you feel like you have to get it fixed in order <laughs> yeah. to get better. And that's not always true. Uh, the probably the more important issue with uh, someone that's coming in with with hip pain that has an underlying uh, MRI that is uh, read as a labral tear. Probably the more important issue is the clinical picture, okay? How long have you been dealing with this? Uh, how much does it slow you down, right? Mm. Uh, have you tried non-surgical options first? Uh, because there are some people who just get better. Uh, if you give them the period of rest, if you give them a period of activity modification, uh, work with a therapist potentially, I... Let things calm down. Oftentimes, there will be individuals that just get back to what they want to do, and things are okay. Uh, It's the individual that has that recurrent pain. They took that time off. uh, they, They gave it a good try. And then as they start to increase their activity, the pain just creeps back in. That's the person where we start thinking about doing something from the standpoint of heading the surgical route. Uh, just, and I tried to explain the issue of the labral tear to to patients uh, in a sense that there there are papers out there that look at people who have no hip pain and they get MRIs and they send them to experienced radiologists. Forty to eighty percent of them can uh, are read in these papers as uh, labral tears. So. It may not necessarily, a read on an MRI may not necessarily mean that that's the pain generator. Uh, While it can be, it may not be the pain generator in everyone. So it's very important to make sure that you take that time to uh, make sure you go through that that non-surgical treatment first before you start committing your body to a surgery.
0: So that's really the the first approach. If if even if you're diagnosed with a labral tear, like we start with conservative approaches, like I guess like ice compression elevation. Is that like the standard for joints, or is that you know a little much? Yeah. Maybe okay. a
1: little bit different with the hip because uh, sure. it's a little hard to elevate that hip unless you oh, stand sure. on your head.
0: Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: but yeah, th- I think the probably the priority is is taking a little bit of time and, and modifying that activity for a period and just letting things calm down, let let the discomfort settle, and then start regrouping and getting back into what you want to do. Recurrent pain. Pain that creeps back in with activity and mm. and is limiting you. Uh, that's when you start thinking about heading the other direction uh, towards potentially considering surgery for a
0: problem. All right. So a patient has tried rest. They've tried you know the the typical stuff. They've worked with a physical therapist to try to ease their pain, but they're still experiencing it. Now they're in your office. What do you got What are what are the options available? Like what is the next step if those more conservative approaches? did not work.
1: Sure. Now, uh, getting back to that conservative time period, I would probably throw in that, uh, you know, even on the six to 12 week uh, window, that's still relatively short, although that's kind of when we start thinking about uh, potentially heading the other direction if things are not improving. Uh, But it is it is around, you know, six to 12 weeks before you want to start sort of committing yourself to thinking of a different pathway. Because uh, it does take that amount of time for uh, some injuries to just get better and and uh, modification of of activity to you know or or uh, pain from an injury to to calm down and and to allow potentially a therapy program to be effective uh, but if you're not getting better then it's it's looking at potentially seeing an orthopedic surgeon that specializes in hip and uh, sitting down and having a discussion and uh, particularly looking through. Yeah, and or having a discussion with them about you know what is bothering you, uh, where is your discomfort, uh, what uh, what activities tend to cause discomfort, uh, do your physical exam, evaluate your studies. Uh, I think the other thing to think about when you're uh, dealing with uh, hip pain is that there's a lot of other problems that can mimic hip uh, joint uh, pain. And so you just need to make sure uh, someone who is experienced in hip uh, problems uh, can help sort that out.
0: You know, say there's a patient out there and they've, you know, done everything they're supposed to, and it's maybe time to look into a surgery. What is it that you tell them to that, like, you know, what what can a patient expect if they go out and they seek treatment for a labral tear? Are things going to get better or is this, you know, something that they just have to deal with?
1: Yeah, I think that probably the best thing to do uh, if you're at the point where non-surgical options are not uh, improving, uh, and or you're not improving from non-surgical options, uh, then it's time to start looking at trying to find someone to see. Uh, there's a lot of uh, educational resources out there. We have some on our uh, University of Utah. Uh, health website uh, where you could uh, go to the orthopedics uh, page and and search up uh, hip labral tear. Uh, But there's also a lot of other educational information that you can look at as well uh, that can uh, help you uh, understand this process a little bit more. Uh, But if you're at the point where you're frustrated and your level of activity and function is is, is bothersome to a point where uh, you are not happy with, uh, with what you're doing in life, then it's time to get in and, and see someone. We have a lot of great uh, individuals that can help take care of you at the University of Utah.
0: One last question before we kind of wrap things up here is, I, w- I say they're not here in Utah and can go to a place like, you know, the University of Utah Health, what kind of doctor are they looking for? What kind of clinic are they looking for to get this type of treatment?
1: Yeah, for, for your initial evaluation, I would try to see a, a non operative sports provider. Uh, there's a lot of individuals that specialize in uh, sports medicine who can do the initial screening. Uh, and then from there, if you need a referral, there's typically most individuals who are, who are non operative sports medicine providers uh, know of individuals who can help uh, help you from there if you need to pursue the surgical route uh, I would try to find someone who who specializes in uh, hip problems and uh, okay. make sure that you get in to see them uh, there's again most people have good websites that that uh, mm-hmm. can help direct you to see what their uh, specialty is uh, in, in orthopedics.